Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I am Angelica Yard. And I am Prisma O'Keefe, and we are here every Thursday talking to you about business, entrepreneurship, balance, life, mental health, and everything in between. All the things. All the things. It is uh, still July. I was going to say it's almost August, but that's because I live in the future. Um, <laughs> you're just, I'm always thinking it is kind ahead. of It is kind of almost August. So, I mean, we're, you know, we're a week and a half out, which is. We're a week and a half went out. By quickly. It did. Um, people who enjoy summer, I hope you're enjoying yourselves. Yeah. So who does like it? Because I people don't know from anyone. the north, north, north. So people or people who live. Well, even I feel like I used to say people who were like in places like the UK. But Bobby's stories yesterday made me real stressed. So I don't know if yeah. that's the case because they're fighting on Twitter about not having air conditioning and it's too hot because there's a heat wave. I wonder if it's like partially because Bobby is originally from Miami, so she knows like no. Yeah, like I don't that. think she was very dramatic about it, but I saw on Twitter like it's a, yeah. it's a heat wave in the UK and everyone's really angry because they don't have you know central air or what yeah. um what have you. So. Yeah, I don't really like either extreme season, winter or summer. I like. Why can't we all agree totally... that fall is the best season? Like, it I don't is. understand why great. we're all Spring doing this. Spring is cool, um, but the other two are really trash. But like, I'm totally fine with winter, obviously in Florida because it's not really like a thing. Um, but winter, where you actually have ice on the ground, and my issue is not snow. Everyone's like, oh, you don't like snow. Snow is fine. But in a lot of places, you don't really get a ton of snow. You just get ice everywhere. And it's absolutely trash. It's not beautiful. It looks disgusting. So I don't like that. And I don't like being hot all the time. I'm just, I guess, hard to please. And I just, I just, can you imagine if it was like fall all the time? If like, let's say that we like did a good job it should be with fixing the earth and the we time. got rewarded with it just being fall all the time. I would be so happy because I love being cozy. I love practicing hygge. Like I just love like just having like a cozy little fall moment. It has the best food, the best scents. Like there's oh, it's just the best uh, fall all year round. That's if I was like trying to be a uh, you know one of these billionaires who go into space instead of going to space, I try to figure out how to make fall all the time. That's what I would be spending my money on. I'd was like, about to say and and also make it fall all the time. I do better, not care about any rich human or being money, going into the upper sky. Please do not ask me my opinions about rich people going into the upper sky. I do not care. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't care about this man's lip fillers. I genuinely do not care about people who could end world hunger and choose not to. So They just are like, uh, nope, I think we'll just go up in space we're for going like to three the, minutes. We're going into the upper sky. It's not even space. It's literally yeah. the upper sky. I can't deal. Please and stop talking to me about to it. To me, it's also like embarrassing. Like I'm embarrassed for them Like in their little space suits and they're like, we're astronauts. I'm like, you're not. You're just rich. Like You're you didn't actually ass. like do anything. <laughs> yes. Just ask. No Trinot. Just ask. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I will say that I only follow one person on Instagram who said something positive about them. I unfollowed them, but I was really <laughs> proud of my friends for all being like, this is trash. I was like, yes, we're all in agreement. I was just like, I just, if you have that kind of energy where you're like, this is so great. I'm just like, we really, we're just too... Uh, we're too different to be friends sorry like it's just see what no, james no baldwin said but... about people going into space and come back to me so moving on we have questions and we will answer them because it'll be a quick episode i hope you guys enjoyed last week we had an amazing guest nikki was very 
very helpful and thorough and i hope you guys all ordered her book because yes. it sounds like it's gonna be a it's gonna be a banger There's yeah a if, if you have, have a, a book business, and a playlist get yeah exactly it. if you have a business you're going to be doing marketing you're most likely going to be doing content marketing she covers all of that stuff so go back and listen to that but we asked you guys what questions you had for us we broke it up into the questions into business mental health and personal so we have a few from each category that we are going to answer today um so getting right into it what are some best practices for a successful rebranding? Um, and the person who asked this question actually does have a business that is about, uh, I, if I had to guess, I think about five years old. Okay. So that's a good age to start rebranding. As a child, when you turn five, you kind of rebrand. So I'm like, <laughs> yes. good thought Here process. You know. Like you rebrand into a kindergartner and not like an infant. You're like, I'm a big kid now. Um, no, I think honestly, open communication as much as possible, but not too early, because I think that's where a lot of smaller brands get things wrong is that they start to take people on this long winded journey of rebranding that is 12 to 18 months and no one wants to be on that journey with you. We just want to get like a four to six week announcement about like what's going to happen. So we're not confused when we get an email from your business and all your logos and your stuff looks different. And there's ways to make it fun and get people included. If you have like an email list, this is a perfect time to get those people on your VIP list into the process and getting their opinions on what would work and what wouldn't work. Obviously, it's you at the end of the day, it's your business, you do what you want, but it's just nice to get your customer base involved as like, soon as you can, but again, not too early because it's just... It's, it becomes a saga. But yeah, I mean, being very transparent, doing everything. So don't half, like, do it. Make sure you get everything on social. Make sure your website, your print materials. You, if you're going to commit to changing the name of your business legally, if you need to do anything there, obviously do that first. Like, don't change your website name and get new business cards. And then your business legally is like, there's no DBA or whatever you need to do to get that situated. So make sure you do all of those things. And also just don't rebrand for the sake of rebranding. Really make sure you know, like maybe your current brand is not in alignment with what you want to do and you want to switch gears a little bit, or maybe you've grown because sometimes if you start brands when you're a little bit younger, your business, when you're younger, you may grow like in your thirties and forties, your brain, not where it really was in your 20s and your late teens so you kind of might want to mature your brand up a little bit which is something that a lot of people do so really just take the time and get your reasons why and talk to somebody uh, who's an expert in branding before doing that as well like if you're not a branding person I'd suggest sitting down with someone to guide you through the process because they can also give you a checklist and a guide and kind of give you a timeline of what to do and when to do so you don't forget something so you're not six months out and then somebody gets an email from you and it's still the footer has like the wrong you know what i mean there's just like a lot of little things so those are my my giant tips for that yeah i think that that's perfect that pretty much covers all of it and i also would just say make sure you know like what the point of your rebrand is and are you doing a like a complete rebrand are you having a different voice for your brand or you may be updating um, your visual identity. So kind of like, again, that's something that is going to be best uh, for you to talk to a specialist about because it's like, are you looking at the visuals and you're just like, I don't like this anymore, but you still really like your company mission and you still really like what your company stands for and the feeling that you give customers and all those things, or is it just like a completely different vibe that you're going for? So kind of talking to a professional about 
what exactly each of those um, entail, because kind of like you were saying, like there's checklists that are going to be different for each of those things. Recently, we updated the, um, the logo for the nonprofit and we still want, like, we still have the same mission statement. We still, you know, have the same, for the most part, the same brand, right. But we just needed the visuals of our brand to be updated and to be elevated. Um, And so, yeah, that's, that's very different than, you know, going through and saying, I really want a different target client, like different market, you know, that I'm going to be servicing. I maybe possibly even want to have different services or different products. Like, so kind of know exactly what you're doing for your rebrand. Um, and again, talking to a professional at the beginning is going to save you a lot of headache when it comes to that. So yeah, the earlier you do that, the better. <laughs> definitely. I would definitely look at examples of, I guess, two people I know who've recently, again, as you guys, and then Arlene LaBoy of Gold Leaf Bake Shop, which is a bakery in Orlando. She just got her logo redone and it was done really well. And just an example of like, like you said, just kind of that small tweak that didn't require a whole rebrand, but just a visual identity that yeah. pulled together the look and feel that she had been kind of doing on her own because she's a photographer by, by trade. And so she already visually has a good eye for what she wanted to do, but she worked with an incredible pair of designers who created a logo for her that really fit her brand very well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we announced our like 503 around the same time as the new like visuals because we kind of felt like, okay, this lets people know like we we're super legit now. We were like legit before, but we weren't, you know, officially... 503 because we're like waiting for that paperwork now the paperwork's in and we're just elevating the brand so I wouldn't think of that as a complete rebrand but I think this person might be looking to do an entire rebrand because I know this person is and I would say before you do anything please sit down with a branding consultant and talk to them about that because if uh if you are for you it's definitely going to be a huge overhaul because you very have you have a very very specific brand um so I'd love to see you just sit down with somebody even if you don't end up hiring them but just to kind of get an idea of how much uh, of a, like, turn, turning everything over and doing everything, like, kind of brand new it's going to be, you know? Yeah. Uh, so question two is, how do you find grants for POC business startups? And let me tell you. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's different ways to go about it. Um, so you can do this on a federal level. You can do this locally. You can do this uh, on a corporate level. Um, and then obviously there's, you know, depending on what type of minority you are and, uh, if that like, well, they said, uh, person of color. So, you know, spe- specifically if you're black, if you're indigenous, if you're something else, um, and also if you are a woman, if you are uh, LGBTQ, et cetera. So all of them have different ways to go about it. Um, but I would say the first step is definitely knowing your industry and knowing people in your industry and like networking because, um, what is going to be available to someone, right? Like if you're, uh, you know, Brazilian um, is going to be different than what is available to somebody who might be black versus someone who even like amongst black people, there might be stuff that's specific for Haitian Americans that have moved here in the last five years. You know, there's like, there's very, very specific things. Um, but if you're looking for federal in general, it doesn't really matter. Even if you are uh 
you know, a white male. Anybody can check out federal stuff and look at like grants.gov, USA.gov, um, the small business innovation research uh, and like technology transfer uh, programs, which those are specifically going to be like tech things. Uh, the DOE, the Department of Energy, uh, they do grants for small businesses. I know that they just announced like a ton of money, like I want to say 130 million or something like that for grants for small businesses. Again, that's for um, businesses that are very like uh, energy forward, science forward, whatever. So again, knowing your your industry on that. And I think a lot, I could be wrong, but I feel like a lot of federal grants are going to be more things that are like tech related, science related, things like that. Um, but also you can look locally and like you can literally reach out to your locally elected official that is like, you know, on your most basic local level and say to them like, hey, I'm looking to start a business. Um, here is like the very basics about me. Like, you know, for me, it'd be like, you know, I'm black, I'm queer, I'm, you know, I work in, uh, a, well, I have a nonprofit now, so that doesn't really count, but, you know, I make candles, like, so, like, I tell them the basics about me just really quick and ask them to point me in the right direction locally, um, but I know that, like, uh, the Department of Commerce, the Small Business Development Center in your area will normally be able to help you out. Um, I know that New York is giving away $800 million right now for small businesses, not even just affected by COVID, but just like in general, but like a lot of people aren't even like applying. Um, so make sure that you're like reaching out because both federally and locally, there's different opportunities. Um, on corporate, I mean, there's a ton um, places like FedEx, even evil places like Amazon um, give you know money out to small not businesses. Evil. <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes it's like, you know, for anyone who's a business owner, sometimes they'll do specific things. And it really depends. Like a lot of corporate places will do it, you know, look ahead to like what your specific month is for your situation. Like, so during Black History Month, obviously businesses will be like, look, we're not evil. Here's some money for, you know, local black businesses or whatever. So kind of keep an eye out on that sort of thing. Like, you know, look during Pride Month if you're queer, that sort of thing. Um, so I know for women specifically, there is what's that that girl boss's name what's her name do you remember her amaya or something i don't know sophia amorosa or why am i in a completely different name i don't know um but i know she has a foundation um and hers like she has a foundation grant and it's fifteen thousand dollars i don't remember how often if it's like yearly or monthly or what but it's for women in like arts fashion music and design um, there's one that is every single month and that is the Amy Grant Foundation and they give $10,000 a month, uh, to women-owned businesses. And at the end of the year, I think they choose someone and give them a higher amount. One of the people that like they already had given the 10,000 to. So I guess maybe depending on what you do with it and you report back and if they like it, then they kind of choose like a winner to win like a larger sum. I think it's like 25 or 35. Thousand, um, and then there's also um, Elaine Fisher, which is a women's clothing retailer, and they give up to ten women a year. They give about a hundred thousand dollars. Now, I think to get this, you have to have a certain percentage of the people who um, work at your business have to be women. So obviously if you're a sole entrepreneur, then you're good to go. Um, if not, it's just, it's a certain percentage. So you'd have to look up what exactly that is. Um, for minorities, I know that there is a minority business development agency 
it is like a department of the U.S. Department of Commerce, and um, they have different sorts of grants and stuff that, you know, you can take advantage of. So you would just basically contact them, see what they have going on. And there's also the National Minority Supplier Development Council. Um, So they have like a program that offers financing programs, um, and they also do like business advice and things like that, but then they also have grants. Um, And then there's Operation Hope, which is specifically for um, entrepreneurs that are in like lower like income neighborhoods. So, you know, if you are from Orlando like me and you lived in Pine Hills like I have, then that would that area would qualify. Um, And they have like training programs and workshops and financing and all sorts of different things. So there's different programs like that throughout. Um, But yeah, definitely making sure that you are just knowing about your industry and talking to other people in your industry, because so many things are very, very industry specific. Um, I know that the person who's asking this question um, is from like kind of in the beauty industry. Um, I think that'd be what it'd be considered. And so, you know, that's just not something that I personally know a ton about. Um, I hear more about like tech opportunities and like uh, creative arts and stuff like that, just because of like who I know. Um, But that's why it's like network with people in your industry and start to talk about like what grants have they reached out for. Um, And then also pay attention to like, are you a veteran? Like things like that, that just anything that is like, that you're not a straight white cis man who has like a regular nine to five, anything else could be like something, you know what I mean? So it's like, and you can work with specialists, like those places that I was telling you about, uh, you know, the National Minority Supplier Development Council, um, places like that where you can talk to them. um, Or again, your local like small business center in your area after you've talked to your local representative and you can tell them those specifics about you and they're going to be so much better at it. I look at it like um, when you are in high school, if you're one of these kids that is applying for college and you're applying for like every grant, every, you know, great like college opportunity to be able to get money to go to school for free. Like you have a counselor and you utilize that counselor as a resource because they know so much more about, about all of it. So this is one of those instances where it's really beneficial to speak to somebody who knows this industry really well and knows the specifics of what you need because they're going to be able to find you stuff so much faster Um, And they're going to be able to, you know, make sure that you're pointing in the right direction. And, you know, we're obviously doing that a lot with the nonprofit, but on the, um, it's just different because it's not a business. Um, But we typically are using grants.gov is like our main source. And then people that we know who've been like, hey, I've had success in getting this particular grant. And I think you would be, your nonprofit would be a good fit for it. So a lot of like our leads have come from people in this, like who are in the nonprofit space. So just, again, people that, you know, is always a great resource. Yeah. I was going to say on top of that, just always be in different groups and different, like follow people on social, obviously Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook groups are probably the times where I see opportunities that I would send to other people all the time that I see a lot of them now are kind of age-based so I feel like we've we've aged out I've learned I'm like oh yeah we old we old now so we don't qualify for those but let me find the young person to send this link to um but yeah that's pretty much where I found most of the grants and opportunities that I've seen have been in Facebook groups or somebody on Twitter sharing um, someone like April Rain who shares rainy day jobs that hashtag and she shares a lot of stuff for creatives um, so if you are a creative entrepreneur, that's somebody to follow. Um, 
And yeah, just different types of VCs because VCs always know where money is. So I think if you're trying to build that attention and maybe you're not like you pre-seed, but you want to start trying to apply for grants, maybe finding those people who are in your industry. Um, Jamie Schmidt of Schmidt Deodorant (laughs) is someone who definitely talks a lot about how she raised her money and shares a lot of information for female founders. It is the best deodorant. It's the only natural one that I can use that works for me and I've stuck with it. And so um, I really like the way she shares some of her stuff. And obviously her situation is a little bit different, but she is open and sharing all the time. So I would definitely add that onto it. But yeah, all those resources are perfect and take your notes. So yeah. All right. So our next question is, how did you get started? Which is such a, such a question. <laughs> oh, uh, you just woke up and decided to start a business. <laughs> It was 2009, so, you know, it's, it's a long time ago. I don't know how people start businesses in 2021. I feel like it's very difficult. Yeah, it's very different. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I don't feel like this, like, we were, I was already doing a lot of the stuff, like, we were building websites and doing different things and designing for other people and just decided that, like, it would be smart to do it as a business. I just listened to um, Anna Bond of Rifle Paper Company did a self-made Q&A just now. And I love that. Her, like very similar in which they were like, how do you start your business? And it was supposed to be like a big story. And she's kind of like, I did my wedding invites and people asked for more. And I'm like, yep, that's 2009. Like that's kind of how most people started their business. Like you started taking a picture for a friend. And then like, so she was like, I just blogged about my invites and then people asked for more. And my husband said, you should get a website. And that's literally that's how, how things happened back then. There are very few, like, very cool, like, super romantic stories. It's just that you started sharing stuff online and people are like, oh, that's cool. Can you do it? And I'll hire you to do it. So. I feel like, so for me, I was going to school. I was in college and um, I got a uh, internship my senior year. I was studying psychology, got an internship quickly, which was awesome. And I realized in that internship that I did not want to be a psychologist because I thought I wanted to like have my own practice. And I realized what I really wanted was to own a business. Um, So I always knew that I wanted entrepreneurship. I was like, I went into it being like, I want to own a business, but I don't want to own a business being a psychologist. So for me, it was like figuring that out. So while I'm working and going to school and and whatever, I was on the board um, at Health Central on the board of like directors Um, because I had a friend that was working there and I was helping to plan and execute large scale events. um, And like was one of like a core team of like about, I want to say there's like 13 or 14 of us that would like pretty much do the events. Um, And so these are like, you know, multi-million dollar budgets, like stuff I've, I've not really worked with on my business, like far, those budgets have far exceeded what I've worked with because it's a hospital. Um, And, you know, we are bringing in like a ton of money and whatnot. Um, So yeah, I was like, okay, I'm really good at this and I like this. So I decided to, I was planning my own wedding. Again, that's where a lot of this, like you said with Anna Bond, like when you're doing it for yourself and you're like, okay, this is really, I'm really good at this. I volunteer and do this. And um, I had, I knew somebody that was having an event in Isleworth and they, it was a 50th birthday party and they needed a event coordinator for it because the Isleworth, if you don't know, uh, if you don't live in Orlando, it's like the, probably one of the richer if not the richest neighborhoods in the area. It's where like Tiger Woods lived, 
or libs, I don't know, and like Shaq and a whole bunch of those other people. So basically they were just like, hey, we need somebody who is going to be like coordinating this 50th birthday party. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. Like I've done galas and stuff for the hospital. So like I can do this. And so I did that. It went really well. Um, and that kind of led to me doing events in that area. Um, at this point I already had my camera and I was already, you know, just like taking photos for friends, like nothing serious, but friends kept trying to pay me. And I, I was very weirded out by that. I was like, why would you pay me? Um, cause I just, my brain just was not going to that place yet. Um, and so I ended up coordinating weddings for two years, um, before I went into wedding photography, when those things finally merged, something that I, I love photographing weddings more than planning them. I like both though. Um, but yeah, I, I was able to get into weddings pretty quickly because I was already so familiar with, like, I was able to photograph them quickly because I was so familiar with like running them. And if you can coordinate a wedding, then you're going to be that much better in any of the other, uh, you know, vendor positions. Um, and so, yeah, that just led to me doing that for a year and just, just being lucky, I think, to be near Disney. So I ended up like getting a contract with Disney and being able to shoot weddings there um, and just knowing people, being able to like be published by MTV. So it's just like a lot of like just doing what I enjoy doing. And then, you know, um, having a lot of people want to pick my brain to like how I made that happen, which led to me doing like consulting and branding. So, yeah, I feel like that's just, you know, Back then, it was a lot easier to be like, I have this passion and I'm going to kind of go after. It. And this was like so before uh, Instagram was not a thing, like none of that existed. When I shared photos, um, I would share them on Facebook and I would tag people on Facebook and then you'd book other people, you know, through that. Now it's a lot harder because because back then it's like you didn't go to Facebook and have people advertise to you. Right. It was like you literally went to Facebook and like you didn't see pages or you just saw like your friends literally. And so no one really felt like, Oh man, Christmas advertising to me. It was just like, Oh cool. Christmas shared this like cute photo from a wedding or like some boudoir photography or like an engagement she just did. That's cool. That's exciting. Oh, I like the photo. Oh, I'm going to hire her. Whereas now you have so many people like competing. So it is really different in how you create that content marketing because Everywhere we go, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, we're just constantly being, um, people are like, buy this, buy this, buy this. So yeah, I do think it's a different market getting into it now. It's really a lot more challenging. I would not suggest that you just post photos on Facebook and tag people and call a day. Like you really have to have a completely different strategy now going into it um, than you did like, you know, 12 years ago. Yeah, so I will say cool. the people I know who are finding really good success have like magically blown up on TikTok. So if anyone watches, yeah. and I talk about millennial money all the time, CNBC YouTube show, but like most of the COVID like businesses that they talk about that blew up is just people being like, I posted this thing on TikTok and it blew up. So maybe that is where, you know, the yeah. Kind of- and I think like when there was a time when it was like, okay, it wasn't working anymore on Facebook, but like you would definitely go, I would, I was seeing people go to, to Instagram and find that growth there. And yeah, now I think it's moved over um, to TikTok. So I, you know, and I think you, it's, it's important to have like a strategy and cause I don't really think when I started out, I did, I just think that I was like, I really, like, and I did, but I didn't think about it. Does that make sense? It's like, I would be like, okay, here's the wedding. These are my five favorite photos. I really want to share them with everyone. I'm, I'm so, for me, it was like, I was just really excited for people to see them. Like, I really wanted like the couple to see them. And I really wanted my friends to see them so they could see that I did a good job. And I was just really excited about 
hearing from people that were like, you did a good job. You know, it was like very like wholesome. It wasn't like, I'm going to post this so that more people will hire me. Like I wasn't even like thinking that way yet. Um, but now, now you have to kind of think that way going into it. It, it, most of the time, um, you're going to have to have some sort of strategy and be, uh, consistent with posting. And that's just really because the algorithm will bury you. It's not to say that you can't post something and people will like it and be like connect to it and want to work with you. Cause that's, people will definitely still want that. It's literally just that like Instagram will be like, ah, well, we don't really want anyone to see it. So we're just going to bury it. Uh, TikTok is doing that less, although they're starting to do it now. And especially the black creators, but there's, you know, over the past like year, they've been doing that less. So it's just been easier to find people on there and connect to people. That's the issue with like Facebook and Instagram very much want you to pay for that connection um, as a small business owner. And a lot of small business owners are already like, you know, pushed to the brink with what they can afford. So, yeah. Whew. All right. Well, <laughs> all right. Next so this next question is hilarious. It says, when is Valkyrie going to be in charge? And they wrote it. I, I made three different options. Like you could write under business, you could write under mental health, you could write under personal. And they wrote it under business. So I'm assuming they're asking when Valkyrie is going to be in charge of my business. And she's already in charge of my life. Literally, we had to like push back recording because she demanded that I take her out, even though I had already just taken her out. And then when she came back inside, I was like, okay, like go lay down in your bed so I can like do my podcast. And she's like, I'm going to lay down in your bed, even though she knows that she's not allowed in it but there's nothing I could do because I needed to like record this. So I was like, well, I guess you're going to lay in my bed now. So she pretty much runs my life. Um, if we would like, as far as like her ever being like us ever like building a business around her or anything like that, I don't think that we would because I already have so much going on. John is actually the person who runs her Instagram. I think a lot of people think I run it because they'll like DM and kind of like write DMs and it sounds like they're talking to me. And I'm like, I don't do that. Like I'm not in charge of her Instagram. Like I'll post her onto mine, but I'm not in charge of her Instagram because I literally, like I had, to, like I did that for so long for people for a living. I'm not going to do that, like have an extra account for no reason. And I already have to deal with multiple accounts, like as a entrepreneur and business owner, whatever. So yeah, that's all John. Um, if he ever wants to make her into one of those dogs that is like Instagram famous or whatever, but I don't think he will because he's not very consistent. So he just posts like at random when he thinks, you know, thinks about it. And that's kind of what it's funny. Bobby's dog, Wookie Boo. That's what Wookie Boo's Instagram is like. It's like, you won't see anything for like a month. And then like, it's like, oh, hey, there's Wookie Boo. But she just posts them on her main. So I'm like, same. As Valkyrie drinks that's, very loudly while I'm trying it's to record. <laughs> I, I told you, she's in charge. Do not follow any pet Instagrams, but I thought thoughts and prayers. But I feel the same way about kid Instagrams. I only had technically follow one child, and she's not really a child. She's like a grown up. But like, I just, yeah, you guys, I, I feel for you. Cause if Is she like 20 kid, and you're like, she's a child? Uh, she's my, you, you, offline, you'll know exactly about it. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you who it is. Uh, but she, yeah, and, and it's really her business, not even her, it's her business. So I don't follow baby instagrams that are written by adults i don't follow pet instagrams that are in it's not that i don't care i do in my spirit well actually i think i follow my sister's dogs but yeah you they do. don't post anymore so yeah oh well so yeah <laughs> also, those are like dog nieces those are dog nieces so i just like you know my obligation is family like vin diesel said um <laughs> <laughs> all right to. so we're gonna get into the mental health section of this so those were our business questions if you have any more you can always send them in you can always dm us or email us or however you want to contact us 
Uh, but we're going to get into the mental health ones. So the first one is great. How to balance business and mental health. How do you do it? You go to therapy as soon as you can afford it. For real. <laughs> and, that's great, and, yeah. And the therapist tells you what to do. And you say, that's so smart. Why didn't I think of that? Oh, it's because I'm depressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but honestly, before, if you don't have, like, if you're in the startup phase, in the struggle phase, you have to take breaks that are smart and meaningful to you to do what you want to do because what happens is a lot of people start doing activities or other things that they're supposed to do like if you don't like yoga I don't but like why do you know what I mean like it's just I would never tell a friend to do yoga if they hate it which I have friends who absolutely hate yoga and they're always like oh I'm so sorry I'm like why are you apologizing to me for your hatred or something that does not like uplift you and do this more like meditate if that's your jam ride a bike if that's your jam write if that's your jam take pictures but always have something outside of your business to lean back on that you can kind of decompress from the nuttiness of business and I will say it's been helpful having other entrepreneurs in my life and most of my friends are entrepreneurs so I feel a little spoiled by that and the fact that I can like talk about something or have crazy deadlines or have a schedule that like allows for me to do weird things in the middle of the day and talk about that with other people and they get it because same so if you are kind of on the lonely island I do think it'd be a little bit more difficult especially if like your partner or your spouse is not an entrepreneur and they work a nine-to-five you got you need to find your people so you can decompress with those people because a lot of times what happens in relationships where it's like one entrepreneur one not is that you guys don't really see eye to eye on like what's happening in the trenches of day-to-day activities and it may cause some like struggle or you know tension so I think it's just finding your people and being able to talk about what that's like there so yeah um I agree and I think that like you know as far as like I think you definitely hit like a Danielle on the head with the relationship thing I hear a lot of people um report like definite trouble in paradise due to like one being in a nine-to-five and one being um like an entrepreneur. And I would say that that's definitely like have that conversation with your spouse early on about like, I guess what expectations are and, you know, financial stuff and whatever. And I guess go into that, um, you know, being on the same page for me, it's not something that John and I have ever struggled with, but John is also like the nicest, best person on earth. Um, so he's just always been like super supportive of anything I want to do. And, you know, vice versa, really. Um, so, but I, I can't imagine like being in a situation where, you know, you're arguing with your spouse about this, that's got to be really bad for your mental health. So I would definitely say like, try to prioritize like that looking however you want it to look. And yeah, because that's, it, it is definitely like such a change for the relationship, right? If you're both start out in a nine to five and then you're, you know, an entrepreneur, it's just a completely different lifestyle. So it's like, I guess you guys need to talk about like what that's going to look like and, and how that's going to be okay. And that might be something that you want to do in therapy as well. Um, I, this sounds so bad and I'm not trying to tell you to get divorced, but I'm just saying like, I can't imagine, like I would be like livid if John didn't. Like, we are definitely a kid fearing crystal breakup with him. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, I, I just, it's, I guess for me, it's like, it's just so much a part of like who I am. And like, I've always been so passionate about what I do. Um, and so if John didn't support that and was re- like, and I'm talking about like, I mean, I've heard girls like talking, women talking in um, like private entrepreneur groups and they've said like, you know, their spouses have said and done some pretty like not nice stuff about their entrepreneurship. Um, I just don't, for me personally, like, I just don't think I would deal with it. I'd be like, well, 
And it's not to say that I would like always choose my job over John. Not at all. It's more about if he didn't support me. You know what I'm saying? Like, because it's just like, I just don't get that. Like, obviously, if you are, I'm not telling you, like, if you make like $4 a year and you guys have bills and you are like, not, it's not working out, the business isn't working out and you're just like, well, sucks to be you. Like, I'm not going to do anything else. That's different. Like, I'm not saying like be irresponsible. Like, obviously you're both adults going into it. And so you, you both need to make sure that you agree on how, you know, things are going to work to an extent as far as like paying bills and things like that. But yeah, things are going, you know, well and whatever, but there's just seems to be some people that just really don't like people who own businesses. I don't get that. Um, but as far as like the rest of like mental health, um, stuff and balancing that with business, I will say that for the better part of a decade, I didn't. (laughs) So just being completely clear there, I would always let business, um, you know, come before my health and physical and, or physical health and mental health. I would let business come first because I am a Capricorn and I'm just very like, you know, I grew up without a lot of money. There are times that we lived in poverty. So for me, I was just like, business has to work. I have to hustle. I have to grind. And that will come before my physical health, my mental health. And I wasn't really taught anything differently than that. Um, and so that was just the way that I operated for a long time until it became too much. And I was like, oh yeah, you, you definitely need to like shift your priorities. And I will say that for me, the way that I balance it, if I'm being completely honest, is that I don't, but it's flipped from before. So before business was first and now my mental health is first, right? So my mental and physical health comes before work and how I make sure that that's the case is I, it's, it's a daily thing. So before I start work every day, I have built into my schedule that I'm going to meditate. I'm going to do some yoga, my stretching, and I'm going to go for a walk, whether it's outside, if it's a nice day, or, you know, even just like walking inside, if it's not so great out, And I'm going to get in, I try to get in like uh, 10,000 steps a day. Um, So I try to make sure that, you know, I have at least close to that during my first walk of the day. Um, And yeah, I do all, and I eat a, you know, a good breakfast and and have like my uh, supplements and stuff. Doing all that before I even get to work then allows me to really, really focus on work and not be like, because I will work, 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 and then not do the mental health stuff. Whereas like if, if I were to work first, uh, whereas if I do the mental health stuff first, it'll always get done and I'll always still work, you know, like work is the thing that I know, like I'm not going to not do it. (laughs) So I kind of have to just put my mental health first and it's a daily practice every single day saying, okay, three hours of mental health stuff all at the beginning of the day before I even get into work. Um, and then kind of like you said, like having friends who also have the same situation and they also are entrepreneurs and being able to talk about them, talk about those things, talking on the podcast and stuff, talking to other people, talking to you um, is just like really helpful for it. And now I'm just very open about, I, I had this like idea in my head when I was a wedding photographer full time that brides wouldn't like it if I was anxious, if I was like a person with anxiety. And so I was like, I have to not tell anybody because they won't hire me. And I don't know why I put this in my head, but I was just like, if you're, you know, wedding vendor, you have to be calm all the time. So no one can know that I have anxiety. And then I just was like, what am I doing? This is really dumb. And now everyone knows I have this anxiety and depression. I tell everybody um, because I think that for me, it's just like, I don't want to keep it a secret. And the more people I tell the, you know, easier it is for me to ask for help when I need it. So yeah, that would be my advice is if you're neglecting your mental, mental health, put it first every day, find a schedule that 
works for you where you know you're not going to neglect it because really your business is there's going to be no health or wealth within your business if you are not mentally healthy yourself sure (laughs) that sounds good do that don't do what i do um (laughs) moving on to the next question it is what to do during a depressive episode i will let you speak to that first because you actually do things that are smart um well actually something that i was going to say was like kind of what you talk about with because to me this is being sick right yeah like you've talked about you know um how important it is to have kind of like what do you call it like it's like i'm calling it a game plan and that's not the right term oh yeah you're just having like a a, i mean i guess that is like your mental plan your your whatever plan yeah like like if you were to be sick like if you were to like break your you know ankle and you had to go to uh get surgery and you're going to be like not able to do stuff because you're going to be on like these really strong meds or something you would have in plan this like a, a place in plan. Yeah, just right? for your, your business. Like your, you know, short-term illness, whatever that may be. You know what I mean? Like you just have a, a plan in place for people to be able to do the things that need to get done or things that need to be happening while you're out of commission. Yeah. So that would really be, because to me, I think a lot of times people don't think of like the mental health stuff as like illness, but it, it is, right? So it's like when I, if I'm having a depressive episode, I'm like, I'm sick right now. I might not, you know, be in the hospital or have like, you know, a broken whatever, but I'm sick right now. So I need to make sure that everything is in place for A, for me to get better as soon as possible and B, um, so that my business like will keep running, um, you know, without me or with, uh, you know, help from people or whatever, or even just like, if you can like putting on an away message of like, Hey, we are on vacation right now. We will be back in four days or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and then communicating with your partners of like where you're at and what you're going to actually be able to do and being upfront and honest about that. I think that obviously like if you have depression or something like that, that, you know, is going to continue to be a thing. It is important that your partners know so that like, it's not going to be something where, you're just telling them for the first time and they have no idea what's going on and don't know that you're going to need space and time or whatever. So make sure everybody you work with is well aware of like what your situation is. Um, And yeah, if you can have like a place and plan of like, let's say that you're gonna, it's going to be in a really intense depressive episode while you're focusing on your mental health and getting help, having some things in place um, so that your business runs smoothly. I really like my job and I think that not to say that people don't if they're if they're not able to do it at the moment but for me I think that um like running the nonprofit and and running Kismet and Christmas is very different so if I'm depressed I can often still do candle work because it's like such a it's like a physical like nice thing I don't pour during the day if I'm depressed I pour at night I don't know why that's just how I work but it's like it's really actually like therapeutic for me to make candles at night if I'm depressed and it'll like really actually help with my mental health. Um, but if I'm depressed, I don't want to do anything to do with like boxing and shipping and all that. So I will make the candles and then John will, will, you know, ship them and make sure that they get out if I am having an episode. Um, and as far as like the nonprofit, then I most likely would just take a mental health day or, you know, kind of tell Anna like, Hey, you know, I am going through it. Like, um, you know, I either will kind of like divvy up different work to her or tell her like, I'm going to get this to you, but it's, it's not going to be done till next week or whatever it is, you know? Um, so just being flexible and knowing, you know, um, because 
the main thing is just giving yourself the time to get better. Like if you're just keep pushing through and pushing through, you're going to not be really delivering the best sort of work. Um, but you're going to be like pushing through and not getting better either. So it's like your work is getting worse, but you're also getting worse. So if you can take the time and just be like, I'm going to really focus on my mental health and really, you know, and whatever that means for you, that might mean just literally taking time to unplug for, from everything. That might mean lots of yoga, getting physically active. That might mean um, a few emergency sessions with your therapist to like talk things through. And it might mean talking to your psychiatrist and either getting on meds or switching your meds. Maybe these meds aren't working for you. Um, so yeah, just make sure that you're giving yourself time to like do all of that um, so that you can get back to work and get back to doing what you love doing. Yeah. And I mean, the I feel like the harder chunks or like the months long you know what I mean like the things the funks that last a little bit longer where it's like you have to kind of like roll with it but you're still in this this longer yeah. period of time and for that so you're I talking about say, February March and April for me this year <laughs> sure uh, or years I can name off of yeah. you uh, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean uh and, and in those time periods where it's very dark and heavy and hard to get out of, it's really important that you try your best to listen to your body, not your brain, because <laughs> your body will tell you when something's wrong, even when your mind is saying nothing is wrong. Like, you're like, it's fine. But if you like are hyperventilating, you know what I mean? You have a hard time working like you have that block like you just sit at the computer nothing is happening you just like I don't even want to open this program I don't write this email I don't want to respond like those are all things that start to tell you that something is wrong start to listen to those if you can try to get help immediately because there's definitely signs that like if you're at the point where you physically are like sobbing you know what I mean like every morning before you you know those are signs where you need to talk to someone to help you come with a plan that you can get through your day-to-day and ease out of it because it may take longer because a lot of times what happens is that we ignore what you're saying that short short term like you wake up in the morning you know something's happening and you ignore it and you just keep pushing on and you push on and you're like six months into that push on and now it's too like you're too far in you're too deep in and now you have to figure out and do long term it's very much like gaining weight losing weight it's very easy to gain weight to lose weight it's hard <laughs> for most people you know what I mean so you have to do that hard work and so it's an everyday thing so you need to be more smart about your time and really setting very strong boundaries with people who trigger you so if you have problem clients <sighs> Goodness. If you can in A those word. relationships, yes. because those people will drag you down. Yes. Drag. And it will honey. not get any better. Uh, if you work with, you know, collaborating, if you have a business relationship that's not going well, you have a partner that's working well, you guys need to nip it in the bud immediately because it's just going to drag you down and then you will not see hope and see yourself getting out of it. So the things that you need to do may not be fun and they may cost. They may be expensive. Like, let's be real. When you're getting to the point where you're in that depressive funk that's longer, you have to make hard decisions that cost money, which means maybe canceling projects that were income. So you just also need to be aware of that and ask for help when you need it. As somebody who literally never does, I will tell you that is something that you're supposed to do. Do not do not do as I do, do as I say. So ask for help when you need it and be honest. And there's no nothing wrong with having help. Like there's no point of being proud about something if you're at the point of like, you know what I mean? Like despair and, and, and that 
bad of a headspace. You need to figure out what you can do to help get the people around you to rally together so that you guys can work together to get you out of that space. Because it can be costly in more ways than just financial. And I don't think it's worth, you know, harming yourself or losing your life over something that could be easily done just by like canceling a, a client project. Because guess what? When that person's gone, you never hear from them again. Nine times out of ten, you don't think about them anymore. Like they disappear. And when they you work on that progress and you get to a point where even hearing that name no longer stresses you out, that type of thing. So definitely uh just be aware of if you can fix your situation early, please do. If you're in a longer funk or something may have happened, you know, grief causes very long depressive episodes. We are not in control of our grief grief comes and goes as it is and that happens to a lot of people especially with covid and different things that jobs or opportunities you just allow yourself to to have that grief and and deal with it as it comes but i wouldn't try to shove yourself back into just quote unquote being yourself or getting back to normal say yeah that's so important like when you're going through grief to know that like you're gonna need time you need time it's grief is like not linear like it's literally it's whenever it wants to show up like something could have happened to you 10 years ago you could have never grieved over it and something could happen today yeah I have a person in my life who is kind of going through a pre-grief because they have somebody in their life that you know, they're going to be uh, losing sooner rather than later due to health issues. And it's like, we are preparing in advance for that person to, you know, need things and they're preparing as well. Like it's, you know, when that time comes, they're, they're not going to work as much and and things are going to just be different and that's totally fine. Um, And after my grandfather died, like I worked a ton, like while he was sick, because I would be in his room every day and just be working while he was sleeping and stuff. And then after he died, I was just like, not okay (laughs) and I was not okay for like a while um and then then one day I was and now I'm like really okay about it and I can like talk about him all the time and whatever but there was definitely a time where like if like if somebody mentioned anything that reminded me of my grandfather I would be like hysterical almost maybe not in front of them but like I'd have to like excuse myself and then like go be hysterical so that's not really like a great situation to be in if you are working out in the world with people. Right. So yeah, you have to give yourself that time to really like sometimes feel grief and that's completely okay. Um, and again, why it's so important like earlier rather than later to talk to somebody, um, and to get help and, and somebody who will kind of help navigate you through that, that time period, that episode, whatever, so that it doesn't get to a point where you feel like it's out of control. Um, but no matter how far it gets, like, honestly, there's, if you have a professional, like you can, it can always go back to being good again. Cause I know like sometimes like when you're depressed, you just feel like I will never be happy again, or I just feel nothing. And I, I don't know if I'll ever feel anything again. Um, but it can turn around if you have a professional helping you for sure. The next one is super cute. Cause that was a very depressing uh, question, but you know, needs to be talked about. Next question is great. It says no question here. I just wanted to say Valkyrie picks are good for my mental health. Um, so yeah, I will, I will keep posting them and Valkyrie is actually an emotional support animal. She's not my emotional support animal. She's actually John's emotional support animal, um, for his depression. Um, so yeah, I, I would love, hopefully he will share more on her account about that process of like getting emotional support animal and like what specifically it means. Cause it's different. There's like 
you can have an emotional support animal and you can also have a therapy dog. Those are two different things. Um, and obviously like, uh, you know, there are support animals that help people that have, um, different, all sorts of different things. Um, so yeah, so she is specifically an emotional support animal. She actually will be becoming a therapy dog, um, so that we can take her to hospitals and nursing homes and trauma centers and things like that. And she can help other people, not just John and I, but yeah, if you have a furry friend in your life or looking at someone else's furry friend, that is always, I think, really helpful for mental health. And there's literally like scientific studies of like petting animals, like really helps with, uh, what's that hormone that I don't have enough of that's happy? Uh, serotonin. That one. <laughs> Why did I forget what that? That's so funny that I forgot what that's called. That's a, yeah, serotonin, um, which I always need some more of. It really helps with that. Um, so yeah, there is actually what I found out from my friend Morgan, which is really cool. They have dogs that you can just bring like therapy dogs that like you can just bring to a corporate environment too. So if you do own your own business and you actually have like an office or whatever, and you want to, you can sign up and people will come bring their therapy dogs to your office and you can just, everybody at work can cuddle dogs. So that's pretty cool. That's magical. I well, we'll it. move on into these personal questions and we'll try to be quick because I don't want to spend all my, my afternoon on this podcast. And I know you guys, you like a long episode, but we, we, we pushed the limits <laughs> recently. I get it. Um, but how do you maintain a healthy friendship and working relationship? And I'm just going to assume that is in like you working with a friend on a professional I level. I think it means us because they were asking us Oh, specifically. us specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because these we are- spent I spent the first 90 minutes of this phone call talking about non-podcast things and then we decided to record a podcast. Yeah, I think that a, a very important thing for people to know is that we were friends for quite a long time before we started working together professionally. Um, and so our relationship did not, uh, our friendship did not like just revolve around working together. Uh, so I think that that has been super helpful. Like we're actual friends in real life. Our husbands are friends. I know your baby. Like our friends are friends, like we're friends with each other's friends, like all of that stuff. So the friendship was there first and it was a good solid friendship with literally no drama at all ever, um, which is how I think we both knew that we could go into having a working relationship and for it to be fine. And I think we're both really great at communication. You're better at it than I am because I will like, not, not anymore, but like sometimes I would be like, oh no, is someone mad at me? When like no one is mad at me and nothing even happened. Um, but it's like, like I remember like when we first started like emailing each other and like if you didn't, like if you just emailed a sentence, I'd be like, oh, Angelica hates me now. What did I do? And you'd be like, no, I just don't put like 8,000 exclamation points in a happy face after everything like you do. And that doesn't mean like that anything is wrong. But you're the type of person that I could also be like, is everything okay? And you'd be like, yeah, girl, I just sent like a regular ass email. Can you just relax? Um, so yeah, like you're, you're a very straightforward person, which is helpful uh, because I'm an anxious person that would make nonsense up in my head. But I don't really do that with you because you are straightforward. I've dealt with friends in the past that would be like mad and not say anything and stuff like that. So we just have never had that sort of relationship like we're just, I think that for the most part, like, we're just like, we don't like drama. We don't like that stuff. Like we've just had a conversation about how, like how these people do the most and how it's exhausting to us, even just to hear about. We're like, how, how do you I'm physically exhausted by this conversation we do? had and I need a break. Uh, how? Like <laughs> these people out here do all this stuff and we just, we just find it exhausting. So I don't know if it's just because like, 
we are both black women and that's an exhausting can be an exhausting thing to just be in America. And so we're just like, we just don't want any more drama in our lives. Like Mary J said. And yeah, so we are just friends beforehand. I, I, there's definitely, I will say I've had, you know, situations with people that I've worked with who are friends, not in this large capacity of having a working relationship together, but smaller working relationships that did not go well. Um, and for me, like I swallowed the work part of it to just keep the friendship going because that's just how I am. But it just makes me like, it made me a little more hesitant to work with friends. I would only work with a friend like you who's just like straight up, no drama, like just straightforward person. So I, yeah, I think, I think probably... also like being honest and open about obviously your strengths and your weaknesses. Like I told yes. Rizma, I don't want to post on social media unless I need to. Like I'm just not my jam. It's not my favorite thing to do. And I'm like, I don't understand how this podcast gets from you and me talking to a place where I can share a link and what like you edit it and like get it to the internet. And I'm like, I don't know how that happens. And I, I was like, especially when we started, I was super busy and you were super busy and you already knew how to do that. And I was like, I don't want to add that skill to my you know, skill set right now. Cause there's so much else going on. And you were like, cool. I don't want to see social media ever. So <laughs> it's like just little things like that work really well. Yeah. And it's well for people who, who want to know how to do things like that. Like, yeah, being open and honest up front. Uh, if you need to, obviously contracts, depending on what type of business you have, being very vocal and like, like I said, honest about things. Don't just let things happen and then like be pissed off about it for like three weeks or start gossiping to other friends mutuals. Yeah. And that's how, I think that's how things start to spiral. Like you start speaking angrily about it with your, like your partner, if you're with somebody or your mutual friends and then it just becomes a whole drama bucket when it really could have just sat down and been a conversation between two yeah, people. Yeah, it's, like, I feel hey, like it's just, it's never working. that serious. Like that's my biggest thing is like, if someone were to be like, well, how do you stay friends with her? Cause I'm just like, I don't think that there's anything that you could do that would make me so mad that I'd be like, this is affecting our podcast and our friendship. Like what? Like, I just, and the things that I think are like ridiculous about you already know. I'm like, I yell relationships ridiculous. It's, it's <laughs> you it tell, makes no sense. You tell the whole world everything that's <laughs> ridiculous about me. So I'm it does like, not matter. That's not you're like, you're, ma- you're, you're like, your marriage is gross. <laughs> You're like, you love your husband too much. It's gross. It was like, oh, she's moving back. And they were like, what is happening? I was like, you know how it is. You know how she is. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you know how she is. She'll be back. Like, my friends are like, what? Some friends that I hadn't seen in a while. Because they had, they were like, oh, it's the same friends we did Gallant, which I forgot that you even met these people. (laughs) So I was like, oh, yeah, I guess we were in Galentine's in your, like, 2018 or whatever. I don't even remember. So that type of thing. Like, bruh. So, yeah, it's just like that type of thing of, like, you know, because like, like I said, you're just like a very straight up person. Everyone knows my opinion and... about nine things, <laughs> like all the time. Like no one ever surprised by my opinion about something because I'm a very straightforward person. And I feel like I'm literally like kind of like a teddy bear. Like I literally don't have bad opinions about people. Like I literally just don't. Like I genuinely adore you and think you're like amazing. And like when you're not in rooms, I'm like Angelica's the smartest person on earth, and I love her. You know what I mean? So it's like. I, I don't know. There's like nothing negative going on. So 
that's that's pretty much it but yeah i think uh being open and honest having really good communication if you're having expenses be open and honest obviously about that upfront uh it's are good tips for you if you're trying to work with a friend and also know that it may not work and like knowing when to be like you said yeah if you work yeah with the friends just being like swallow for the the friendship and exactly yeah and i don't regret that decision that was the right decision not everybody needs to work together because not all personalities are going to work and for me if we're already friends that's going to be more important to me than a business thing anytime I can always have another business partner or do another venture or whatever, but like friendships, really good friendships are, I think, I guess they are, I'm so blessed because I have so many awesome friends, but I do think that they're hard for people to come by. Um, And so I really take them very seriously and I treasure them above anything else. So what is a goal that you had in 2020 that had to be postponed due to COVID and will you pursue it again? That's a good question. I feel like we were very hyped to do more live shows. Yes. Traveling. And I think that yes, we were. Time, I think business travel is always a goal of mine in general. And I really had started to really. And you're doing it. Really, 2018 yeah. was a lot. 2019, we slowed down a little bit. And then 2020 stopped completely for me. 2021 picked up for more for Diva. He's traveling a lot more now for business because he has to. But like. That is always my goal is to take my business and drive it into every one city because I like to travel and business is a very good excuse for me to travel. I'm not a good vacation person. I'm not taking a vacation. My friend's 10-year anniversary was July 2nd. I was like, I've not taken a vacation since then. So it's been 10 years. That's wild. I took an actual non-work-related like trip that was vacation if it wasn't visiting family or like going to a funeral that was the last time but it we I like working (laughs) while I try and even if I like I can imagine going to some places that are my favorite places or places that maybe I've never seen but like even like uh David's going into the New Hampshire Boston area next week and I like literally started a whole list of things I want to do if I were to go into that area like he'll check it out and see if we we go together after he gets back from his trip and that type of thing so it's like I physically am the person that no one wants to go on vacation with because I am like I got to go to these foodie places I gotta go to these hole-in-the-wall restaurants I want to go see like I, I want to live like a local I definitely yeah, travel like a local awesome. I do not travel like a tourist but no, it's not awesome because people do not want to travel with me. I'm not going to stop with you and do Instagram photos. I'm not going to do Like, I'm the person that's like, we walk 20 miles every day on vacation. You know what I mean? Like, well, other people yeah. want like luxury hotel, turn down service, you know, five-star restaurants, like that type I, of I travel more like you, but without working. Um, but it's, I'm like that. Like that, yeah. but, but no work. <laughs> I'm definitely like, but I, when I'm traveling, we want to have meetings with people that we really yeah. like to talk yeah, about their businesses. Sense. We get mm-hmm. so excited about everybody else that we know, like their business. Like we have obviously contacts in Boston. Like, can you meet up with that person while you're there? That type of thing. Like we get so excited about our friends who have businesses and we have global friends. So it's like anywhere that we want to travel, there's someone we know that owns a business there. And we definitely would just drive by, run by, talk to them and have a quick like, little kiki over and we would talk about business it it just would happen that's just the type of people we are so uh business travel it is very difficult for me to not be traveling for the second year in a row for business right now and i could but having an unvaccinated child makes it difficult for me to to think that it's safe enough to 
get Do you think that plane. like if things are going better then you'll pursue it like I think hardcore next in 2022? Year, 2022 I think we'll start to ramp it up on because there's stuff that's happening that will require travel anyway like there's already dates and things that are happening that will require travel it's just com- making sure that <laughs> the ch- the child's gonna be vaccinated and the school works out as well because she's in a real people school so that's like figuring that out where like we if we figure that out 2022 is like wide open i'm ready to get on some planes i'm ready to see some other things and get out of florida because i'm just it's exhausting being here and you people keep coming here i'm so confused <laughs> every every podcast this year i've been like why are y'all here because <laughs> i don't understand yeah, they're in D.C. too, but they're just, luckily in D.C., they're literally just at the National Mall and, like, the museums. Like, they don't know. They, they, they don't go anywhere else. Um, and John and I don't go to those places. So I'm like, it works. Um, I don't know if I had a goal in 2020 that really had to be, like, postponed. I mean, I could say, like, definitely, like, the travel thing, too. Mine was, like, I don't, like, necessarily, I mean, I will travel for work, but just in general, I love travel and I don't always work when I travel, for sure. Um, but I mean, we did literally postpone multiple trips. We were, we were on our way on a trip for John's birthday, um, for his 40th birthday. We had this like long trip planned and we were really excited. And a few days before we were supposed to leave is when lockdown started and everything. So we obviously didn't go on that. And then we were supposed to go on a trip the following month with like, so the first birthday trip was just like him and I. And we were going to visit some friends and family and stuff all over the place. But then the second trip was going to be with a large group of our friends. And we were really excited for that. Um, And that obviously had to be postponed as well. Um, So, yeah. So we did postpone some travel that I was super excited about. Um, I think that it's kind of changed, I guess, like what I want to see travel-wise. I still want to see literally everything. But I do think that when I start traveling again, I will travel like – not as far away at first because I think that like if I can start like John and I have talked about in the fall like the possibility and we'll see how the Delta variant is going and stuff but the possibility of like driving to some areas that we haven't been and like driving there so we don't have to fly just yet and like you know ordering food out like and, and bringing it back to our Airbnb and things like that so we'll still get to like check out a different area but we would kind of still be like just very, very cautious while we're there and not like necessarily doing all the things. But I'm just like, at this point, I'm just like, I'll take anything. Like that sounds fine to me. Um, and so, yeah, so I think that we'll probably gear back up that way, but I, I, I want to go to another country again. Like that's definitely on my list and that will definitely, I don't think be until 2022. I just don't feel comfortable enough with that at the moment. Um, but it's kind of like, I feel like 2020 in the some ways was kind of the opposite for me because you know I went into the year I was about to sign a new contract with Disney for photography and you know I had my branding and social media clients most of which were in Miami area um, and then this you know COVID happened and it was like I had to switch gears and I had always wanted to run a small shop and I had always run wanted to uh, open a nonprofit and I had already kind of like started the not the um the small shop, but I hadn't like really had time for it because I was just so busy with um, weddings and photography and branding. And so everything just came to like a halt in Florida specifically, everywhere. I mean, the whole world, but Florida was like a very big hot mess. Um, And as far as like businesses, like, you know, small businesses were having a difficult time getting loans and, and such, they were going to like 
big businesses. So it was just like a mess. Um, so it really gave me time to focus on kismet and charisma and to focus on love doesn't hurt. Um, so in a sense, it was kind of like the opposite of like having to postpone anything as far as like professionally. Um, and I think for John, it was kind of, we we're super lucky that it was kind of the same where he was able to kind of like explore a new school and a new district and all this stuff. And, um, you know, has, he has like some announcements coming forward with like his like promotion and stuff for heading into this year. So yeah. So it's, you know, as far as like work has gone, I haven't really had to postpone anything and things have been cool work-wise, but personally, yeah, I have not been able to travel. I've not been able to hug people. I have postponed so many hugs, you guys, so many hugs. And like, I love hugging people. So I'm going to hug people all 2022. I'm going to travel a lot. Um, I don't even know what country I want to go to now because now I've, you know, spent so much time just looking at everything and I'm like, I just want to see everywhere. Um, and really I just want to do more like creative projects. Like that's definitely something that I, I, it's not to say that I couldn't have done in 2020, but mentally it was hard to create in the way that I wanted to. So like my novel, like didn't get worked on the way I wanted to. I wasn't, you know, practicing my Italian the way that I wanted to. Um, I wasn't working on other like just creative projects that I wanted to. I'm kind of getting back into that now, like kind of getting out of the depression and um, my mental health is just in a better place. So that was kind of postponed. And yes, I will pursue that again. Like I'm hoping to finish my book by the end of this year and I'm on track to do that. Um, I've been like, you know, staying up with my Italian lessons. So when I get to Italy, like I'll be able to talk to people and um, just trying out new creative things and and that sort of thing uh, in a way that I wasn't so much in 2020 and like even the first half of 2021. So yeah, I, I hope that if you had something that you had to postpone um, and you still want to do it, I hope that you do because, you know, it's it sucked. It was a really terrible year, but at the same time, like, you know, we have nowhere to go but forward. So do that thing. Don't put it on the back burner and, you know, just uh, reach out to us if we can help in any way. So our last question is, why are you both talented, kind, gorgeous, and incredible? You know who wrote this too. She's a friend of both of ours. Uh, you're ridiculous. I am <laughs> definitely not kind. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so funny is like, I saw this and I said to myself, the thing out of this list that I want to be known for the most is kind. And I love that you, the first thing you said is, well, I'm not kind. <laughs> you know, I am, what is it? What is it like? I, you, I'm nice, but not kind. Or I'm kind No, but it's the nice. opposite. Yeah. Uh, it's, you're kind, I'm but not kind, nice. But I'm not nice. But you but are nice. When I need to, I'm nice when I need to be, but I will yeah. not be as my way through life. But I know who this is. And I'm like, you little sweetheart bubble joy she is she's a she's a bubble of joy sweetheart bubble of joy who i literally dm all the time all the weeks i think we were just talking about dry privacy the other day because <laughs> she was shared some stuff anyway long story short yeah i mean thank you thanks i i'm learning to take compliments uh i definitely am not aiming to be very gorgeous <laughs> so appreciate you 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will say of this list, I do strive to be kind. It's something that I, I really, I really want to be known for, honestly. Yeah, like, and I, I don't just, think we're mean people and mean spirited or mean hearted yeah. ever. And I that's, think that's like my main. It's just like my main goal is just like if I and it's. I think it's like it's even in my bio. It's like lead with kindness. So it's like that's just like <laughs> my bio my says thing. by disaster right now. Updated it because I think that term is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's just like my, you know, it's just like my, I guess like my personal mission statement is just like, be kind because there's just a lot going on. And like, you know, I've been through a lot. I know other people have been through a lot. And it's just like, there's just so much going on. You never know what someone else is going through. It's like, why not just like be nice people? And it just doesn't take any work. And it's just nice. Um, And it makes you feel good. And it makes other people feel good. As far as the other things like being talented or whatever. I think that like anything that I have good going on for myself is because of the people that I surround myself with. Like they say you are most like the five people that you spend the most time with. And I would say like the top 15 people that I talk to the most or that I consider to be like the closest friends are all such amazing people. So I just try to be like them and and learn from them. So anything good that I have going on is literally from them. Um, so yeah. And the same thing with the gorgeous thing. I'm like, girl, I'm just out here trying to like get through the day. So I don't know. My friend is like talking to me about like how she wants to do my brows and like, you know, like do like the permanent brow thing. And I'm like, the problem with that is that I don't know what to do with the rest of my face. So like my brows would be like very done. And like, I don't know how to like put on like, you know, like foundation and stuff. So like, like microblading I will, is good for you, but yeah, of your face is gonna be. That's what I'm like. I like. Can you teach me the rest first? Because like I can't have perfect. Like I'm like it's like I don't want perfect brows because the rest of me will. It'll be clear what a hot mess the rest of me is. So I'm like I don't know. I just put on my glasses and go and like keep myself clean and clean my hair and just like pray that my hair will do something nice. Maybe sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. That's that's God's choice. That's not, that's, you know, between my hair and God. Um, so I don't know. My mom is really pretty though. She was a model, but she, and I don't look anything alike. She's literally like six feet tall and like, like probably weighs like four pounds. Like we're literally opposites. So yeah. um, (laughs) We will not end this podcast on a negative note. We won't do it. It's not (laughs) negative. I'm like, I, I, I like being short all the way down here. Growing up, I, I, you know, it was funny because like I did like very like a tiny bit of modeling as a kid and they'd always take me up to this big wall and like show me that I wasn't five seven yet which it's like I obviously knew that and they'd be like look everyone look she's not five seven and yeah so it's just kind of like they knew that I would never be able to like do all the it was like a big deal I guess back in like the 90s and 2000s to be five seven and I Never made it. Yeah, so I mean, like, if you watched in America's Next Top Model, you remember Tyra definitely having a hard cutoff. I don't yeah. even think it was five seven. I think her cutoff was like five nine. Was it not? Like Tyra? Oh, had because a very she. Strict... Yeah, well, because they were all doing runway, yeah. so like that made sense. But like, uh, like for me, it was like commercial, more commercial. Yeah. But it was like if you're not five seven, like you can't even dream about runway, and like even doing commercial and stuff is going to be a which challenge. Which is now like now e-commerce models are like yeah. five five and five four and things. Yeah, like, it's but very it's hard like, to find a tall one. I'm five four, and at the time it was just like nah, fam. Um, and they weren't really looking for my look back then. I mean, now everyone's looking for that biracial look, but, um, because they just want to pretend that biracial people are black so that they don't 
have to have actual black people because well, of colorism. Know, we will talk about that someday. <laughs> I'm like, don't get me started. <laughs> we just because... won't get it started. We will let but yeah, that is on colorism for real. But I'm just saying, like, I am not a model, and I'm cool with that because I'm a nerd. So, well, thank you guys for you know rolling up and asking questions and letting us answer them. We hope that they were helpful. And as always, if you want to go. Follow us on Instagram. We're on Instagram at Heart Hustle Podcast. You want us on Twitter, Heart Hustle Pod on Twitter. And then use the hashtag Boss So Hard. I'm like, where are we? Uh, <laughs> use the hashtag Boss So Hard. Uh, we're on Facebook, Heart Plus Sign Hustle Podcast, and Apple Podcast, Heart Hustle Podcast. That's where you can leave a rating and a review and tell all the other people about how we talked way too long about all the other things that we talked about. Pretty so, and sis, let us know how that rebranding goes. Um, let us know how, if you, you know, you were able to find some grants, we hope that you are, let us check in and let us know about your mental health. Just, just keep us up to date with what y'all are up to. And we want to know about your businesses. We want to know how you're doing. Yes. Coming through. Yes. yes. We want to no. see them full mass looks. We want to see, you know, we, if you, if you're selling masks, if anybody's selling masks, please, you know, send us that link. I, I need to buy more. I already have For a lot. But, uh, Kids masks, yes. school starting. Please send them yes. away. Thank you. Um, so we will see you guys next week. Bye. Have a good one.